Everybody is episode four of State of the Save. My name is Eric. Thank you guys for coming back. Um, very excited. This is our conversation on observation. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go ahead and introduce everybody right off the bat. My name is Eric. Nick, how are you doing? Good. Glad to be here. Thanks. You're, I'm glad you're here too. Um, Michael. That's it. That's the bit. No. <laughs> the bit was going to be that I talk about how Eric never asked how I'm doing. Oh. We didn't do the bit. I'm I, glad we I didn't would, do that bit. I was expecting this I was, was the ask bit. To host the podcast so that I could show you how you were doing it wrong. Oh, wow. You want to go ahead? I've only been here for four episodes, <laughs> and you're already trying to overturn me. No, I'm just, I just wanted to, somebody to care about how I was doing. I always care, Nick. Nick, yeah. how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing great. See, awesome. that's you all. Know, Need See how that's better than high. <laughs> I'm under I'm under assault right from the get go. This is not what I signed up for, Michael. Yes. How are you doing, Michael? I'm doing pretty well. Nothing to complain about. Okay, I'm glad that you're doing well. This is a really like <laughs> aggravated <laughs> starting the podcast. Um, we might cut all this. <laughs> nah. Uh, okay. Episode four. Observation. Uh, I've got some feelings on this game, but before we go into it, let's let's do the round the horn. Nick, what have you been playing? What have you been up to? Uh, so it's kind of short game, so I had a little bit of extra time to play some more stuff this week. But uh, one of the games that I got into was West of Dead from your recommendation last week. I also <laughs> tried to play some West of Dead. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that's more of an appropriate <laughs> way to describe it. Yeah. How how are you feeling about that game? Like, do you like West of Dead? Um, so it's going for a lot of different things, which I think is not what you want from like a simple kind of like roguelike type of game. Like if it's just run based, a lot of the times it's going to be kind of like vague on the story. Um, and you know these games kind of live or die by the moment to moment combat, so. which is not my favorite part of yeah. this game. So it kind of did just sink in that I've been playing this on PC. Um, so I've not been using a controller, which I'm sure a twin stick shooter you should probably use a controller for. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, you know, um, I just I really wanted to like this game. You know, Ron Perlman as some dude, cowboy, Ghost Rider, John Wick, and Purgatory. That sounds like the type of thing that I'm I'm down with. But uh, I don't know, man. Like, kind of bounced off of it. I I tried to continue to play it, mm-hmm. um, but the moment to moment just bums me out. Like I, I like everything that surrounds the game. Yeah, and that kind of fits into our, our other conversation that's about to take place. <laughs> I like everything that surrounds this game except the playing it part. Right. And I'm not gonna like I consider myself competent at video games. Yeah. But I can't get anywhere in this game because. Like little things, like I hit the lights and those four dudes surrounding you. Yeah. But you got to hit the lights to do anything to them. It right. just seems like a unthought out plan when it came to development. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm curious, how far into this game did you get? Not far at all. So I'm in chapter one, what they yeah. call. So like you get through you, the first time you die is basically the epilogue. Then you're in chapter one. Uh, hmm. What I don't really understand is like there are it's different seeds, but they're all part of the same 
area. So there's like the crypts or like the hunt or the wild. Um, but you're encountering them in different orders or like different seeds of those uh, environments. I mean, you, let's be honest with ourselves. This is a dead space. I mean, a dead cells kind of game in my mind. But Dead Cells still had some consistency to when you got to certain places. Right. This does not have any of that. But at the same time, I never felt like I was actually making significant gains in my my yeah. character. Like I feel like those slight, you know, upgrades here and there. But I never felt like, and maybe I'm just not good enough to get that far in it. <laughs> so that's the other half of it. Is like I can't tell if uh, I'm intentionally not playing this game right or. Uh, the way that it wants to be played, or if like the things that I'm doing are just wrong, like I'm just not good at it. That's the story of roguelikes in general. Either you uh, get into them and you play it all the time, or you just bounce off of them. At least for me, that seems to be the case. Roguelikes are the hardest games to get into, but once you find one, it sticks. The problem with this one is that I don't feel like I'm even getting to the point where I can tell that this is just not for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I feel like I'm just not enjoying the game as i yeah. play it yeah gotcha. and so like i get what you're saying because i played some roguelikes and i'll be like ah it's just not for me i'm gonna mm-hmm. move on or it's not a good game this is a game where i was like i'm still missing something like i'm trying to play it the way the game tells me i need to play it okay but i just don't ever reach a point where i feel like i understand what the game needs from me mm-hmm. and i actually read the reviews on this game which mm-hmm. is something i never do yeah I did it because I was confused on my feelings <laughs> on the game and it seems like a 50-50 of people being like this game is not fun to play yeah. and other people being like oh y'all suck at this game <laughs> clearly you just don't play it well I'm the you know alpha gamer here <laughs> like I feel like it's one of the two uh, I mean I just I just can't get into it it bums me out because everything around it I like so for someone who's never played this game does the game allow you to, like, when you die, is there any progression that you keep to that playthrough, or do you start from scratch every single time? Well, so, again, I'm not 100% sure, because I don't think I've made it out of the first chapter. Yeah. Um, but it just seems like when you die, you don't bank any souls or anything. Mm-hmm. You don't, uh, like, once you get through a zone, there is an opportunity to buy, <clears throat> the you know, different weapons, different yeah. uh power-ups and stuff that can appear in the world not necessarily that you get them when you buy them um but unless you reach that zone like you just have you know you've charted this one map yeah just from that i can already tell this doesn't (laughs) click for me already just because whenever i play those types of games i always want to or any game in general i always want to feel like i'm progressing somewhat if i'm just beating my head against the wall over and over and over again i'm gonna get tired of it like yeah, that's one of the reasons uh, Dark Souls is very hard for me in general. I know that you love Souls, Eric, but yeah. I just... <laughs> but that game, you get better at that game. Mm-hmm. So, like, you as a player might not make progression on each run, mm-hmm. but you learn something. Yeah. The game has rules. Mm-hmm. They are brutal, sadistic rules, but those are rules, and you have to learn to play along with the rules. Uh-huh. This is a situation where I don't understand what the game is wanting from me. Okay. And it doesn't allow me to interact with the ward in a way that I feel would be justified so I could complete the task. Mm-hmm. The 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 mechanic of how it's even the camera location yeah. hides things from you, which is something that I feel in 2020 
that shouldn't be an issue. It shouldn't be an issue because I feel like I can't see why I'm being hit from because he's off camel and he's also mm-hmm. in a location that I have to go trigger a lantern to be able to fight back against. Well, uh, so, I mean, I, that's one thing. Like, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw it out there. I am a sucker for these types of games. Uh, like some of my favorite games, Dead Cells. Uh, there's a call, There's a, a few different ones I can't really recall the name of, but like Slay the Spire is a, a similar type of thing. Different combat, but you know. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the camera, honestly, combined with the way the game looks, it, it can pull it off. Um, but to me, it's just like, I, there are certain scenarios where, and again, this might be just me playing from with a keyboard and not a controller, but there is like 50-50 chance of like, you pull this off and feel amazing. Like you're jumping over cover, you're sliding, you dodge bullets, you shoot every dude in the room and don't take a hit, or you're like barely off the timing and you're stuttering and you're sitting behind counter, like counter getting uh, attacked by some dog that takes like 20 hits. Have you encountered yeah, those? those yeah. Most infuriating thing in the game, They're especially not- since your your reload it's all firearm combat and your reload is automatic. So you get a speed boost to your reload by being in cover, but you can't trigger that whenever you're ready to reload. It's also an enemy that doesn't allow you to be in cover against mm-hmm. him because he just comes around. Exactly. Um, I, I've not progressed far enough in this game to feel like I can make like a definitive statement on it. Yeah. But I can say I don't care enough about this game to try. <laughs> that's a that is nah. a statement. Yeah. Like on a game. I mean, that's the yeah, last absolutely. thing I wrote down is that I probably won't come back to this yeah and that's a shame with the the art style with the quality of voice acting like they they put some time and effort into this thing but someone should have stopped along the way and said i don't think this is really that fun to play yeah um other than west of dead so on the other side of that same coin i've been playing a game uh same kind of feel it is a vr roguelike melee combat game okay until you fall okay okay Um, it's pretty awesome it's got this like edm music in the background that kind of like you sync up your hits with um you're blocking and aligning your weapons with the way that they're going to strike you um this sounds like the uh free flow combat from batman but in vr and with a rhythm game style thing is that accurate yeah it doesn't lean too far into the rhythm game but it does some smart stuff with the music so that it Hmm. feels like you're almost like in an action game vr or like an action movie vr does one of those things where it's just like every vr game you play it makes you feel like you are the star of like these games which is awesome i have a fear of vr because (laughs) i get i get some motion sickness yeah Hmm. and it's literally one of these things where like i know vr is got some cool stuff it's also got i kind of rooted against it to be honest with you oh wow i was one of those guys because like i said i get motion sickness right so it's like man i don't want this to be the future of video games because i'm just gonna be puking in headsets for the rest of my life (laughs) see Um, to me that's like i'm the type of dude that will take dramamine to (laughs) negate that this is just like this is the future of gaming to me yeah i i I mean i hope they continue to do cool stuff with it yeah but just that's a personal problem and it uh when i get the motion sickness stuff going it just really bums me Mm -hmm. out so it's understandable yeah that's the only thing every time people tell me like you know the half-life Alex. Oh, yeah. Like, that looked cool, mm-hmm. but, boy, I would probably be sick, like, five minutes into it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Some um, of those games are, like, a lot harder on you in that kind of 
scope with the the motion sickness and stuff but there are like they are getting to the point now where they they get you know what kind of makes people sick uh so they do what they can to like mitigate that yeah um it's not like i said i continue to hope they they make those games and they make them battle but I just know that that's not something that, as of right now, <laughs> yeah, it's not something I'm I'm built for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when I brought this to the table, I figured it would be like a pretty niche thing. A lot of people play on console. This is PC only. Um, but for anybody interested, um, it's got a pretty good flow to the combat. It feels very fluid in a way that you know, not to compare these two games, but it's kind of the opposite of the other one where like you block the shots and you can see your timing in to get your own shot in uh it's pretty satisfying and then there's like a pretty not super in-depth i want to say it is uh beta or early access but it uh has like a few different weapons that you know change your your play style and then you can either go from weapon to weapon or you can just continue to pump all your you know aether is what they call it into one weapon to make it stronger so, Where would somebody find this game? This is, I believe, only on Steam. Um, okay. So hmm. I always ask because I don't, I'm oh, not yeah, a part sure. of that ward. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just assume like it's not something that's pushed to the forefront of conversation. Like this, is where you get these games from. You yeah, know what I mean? Sure. Steam just, used to be an understood like any game that dropped, you understand that's on Steam. But there's so many storefronts now that it, and there's exclusive deals happening all the time. Yeah. It's it's very hard to keep up with. I mean, the game we're going to talk about today was an Epic Games exclusive. An Epic Games yeah. exclusive for oh, almost man. a year, right? Yeah, yeah. so you yeah. can't take it for granted anymore. Like mm-hmm. That is a good to. point. Yeah, so I would try, I'd try to just, you know, hey, when do you find these things? Because it's not like it used to be five, six years ago where mm-hmm. it's like, these are your four locations. One yeah. of these four locations has this game. Yeah, I'll throw it back in their, uh, kind of to their credit, though. I'm playing this on a Rift S. Uh, it's not on the Oculus Store to my knowledge. Uh, but Steam does do a pretty good job of kind of holding a standard to like if this is a VR game, it's probably going to be accessible to everybody with a VR headset. Okay, that's what it needs to be. That yeah, was absolutely. I think what that's another thing from an outsider's perspective. It was like man, exclusive headset deals. Oh, you yeah. didn't buy the right five hundred dollar headset to exactly. play the game that you wanted. And yeah. that's something video games in general I want to get away from. You yeah, know, it's like I'm sick and tired of. Like, I mean, you're always going to have business deals. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a Sony exclusive, a Microsoft exclusive. But in the end of the day, I just want to play video games with yeah. people that also want to play video games. Like, that's why I like the cross-play stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, all three of us has been uh, played some Call of Duty, mm-hmm. uh, Warzone, me and Michael playing on Xbox, you playing on PC. Yeah. You know, it was just, you know, that's not something that was going on six, seven years ago. Exactly. But now it's fun to be like, hey, we got the Discord going for the conversation mm-hmm. and we'll play some, you know, play some video games. Um, I want more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, of- that's not even my favorite Battle Royale or multiplayer experience, but like just because of the fact that I can play with people regardless of what platform they're on, I will choose that over any other kind of shooter. It becomes a. a comfort level also yeah i don't like playing on pc it's not something i'm comfortable with right but i can sit on my my comfy chair at the house in front of my <laughs> tv and play with you playing on pc where you're comfortable playing where mike was playing on his couch at the house you know we'll we'll all get just play the game where we want to play it and enjoy our time you know playing with their buddies sure mm-hmm. so yeah that's in that's what i think things are moving to eventually but there's going to be these roadblocks still of uh, man i gotta make my business deal gotta mm-hmm. make my money yeah um, man, that's cool. That's a cool little selection, though. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll throw another bump out there. This is one of those titles that if you are looking to, you know, 
increased your activity in these times where you might be staying at home, uh, it will do a fine job of getting your heart rate up. Like I'm literally sweating whenever I'm done playing. I mean, that's that's, that's a joke, but yeah. like I've been doing the uh, <laughs> the in between matches push ups. Exactly. Like yeah. play Apex, start the next one and one, two, three. You know, just to kind of keep the blood flowing because that's a good habit. Yeah, to have. just trying to keep yourself in your rhythm. For mm-hmm. sure, Michael, have you been playing? I uh, had it pretty light this time compared to last time, but outside of observation, I've been playing. I got back into Animal Crossing, and I'm happy to report that my island is now a four-star island. Oh, congratulations. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> I appreciate it. Is that out of five stars? Four out of five oh, wow. stars. You're basically you building an island destination, <laughs> and uh, you have Isabel there, who's kind of like Leslie Note from Parts and Rec. Like yeah. She's very organized, and she'll be like, hey, here's everything you can do to make your island uh, more tourist attractive and everything. And at three stars, you get uh, K.K. Slider, who's like a traveling rock star who yeah. comes and plays music every Saturday and gives you requests, slips you a boot of the show afterwards, his mm-hmm. words. Oh, man. Yep. And uh, I don't know what you get for five stars. I didn't get anything ceremonious for four, but it's just something n- nice to have because once I feel like I'm done with building my island out, then I can actually start focusing on my house because I put all my money into the island that my house only has my main room and then a back room. <laughs> can I pitch you on what I feel we're going to push you over the top? Yes. Okay. S- stay with me here. I've seen some people employ this strategy. It's called a wrestling ring. I... It's, got, you know, it's got a ring. Yes. And then we stick... A E W on the side, and bam, we watch the money come in. I don't five star island. Uh-huh. I, I'm just saying. I don't have any of the wrestling ring parts. Well, that seems like that might be what's I, holding you back. I do have a luchador bobblehead that I have in storage. Can you put the luchador bobblehead in the middle of a wrestling ring? I might be able to. Okay, I'm do just that. saying these are just some spitball ideas. It's not mm-hmm. something I've been pitching. It's not something I got written down right here. <laughs> um, but if you want to come talk to me, we'll get you yeah, that okay. five stars. All right, well, All right. definitely worth that. And besides that, uh, they want they released a new character in Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, uh, Min Min from mm-hmm. Arms. Yeah. And she's has a very interesting play style. Is Arms a beloved franchise? No, so. not really. It I'll has vouch its, for it. It's a fun game. It has okay. its core like audience that still swears by it. I think it's more like the original Splatoon. People weren't like all over Splatoon until the second one came out on Switch. And I yeah. feel like Arms will be similar because uh, it has more of people, I believe, getting into it now that the prices are finally dropping on the launch titles for Switch. I think Arms is the first one to be it's definitely pretty going close down to, to the beginning. Yeah, so I feel like uh, when Arm once Arms gets its sequel, then more people will jump on board. But she's a very interesting character for this uh, platform style fighter. Like she's like the complete opposite of they made Terry Bogard a playable character. <laughs> in smash <laughs> ultimate and he is amazing so he's the greatest character he is the he is my he's my personal favorite because they incorporated his super special move so once he hits over a hundred percent damage you can do uh double double uh a and he'll do a buster wolf on somebody and it's quite amazing did you know he's a male i did yes you did know that yes he's what a male. He mayor of Punching people in the face, Nick. <laughs> Don't ask dumb questions. Obviously, yeah. 
Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just. I love, I, the, I, I'm, I'm very excited for a the, second. The Fatal Fury timeline is very expansive and kind of confusing, but yeah. Yes. Uh, but anyway, Min Min, she's very interesting in the fact that while Terry Bogard is very good at one at one v one, she's very good at uh, group fights. Like she has uh, the main point of Arms is that every character has like extendable arms. It's kind of like a punch out in that regard. Mm-hmm. But their arms literally like stretch like Mr. Fantastic. So while she's not really good at, she has a wind up before all her punches. So she, when you're fighting her up close, you're able to get some hits in because she has like a warm up period for her punches. But the kicker is in Smash, you have a basic attack button and then all your specials are mapped to the B button and then a direction. With her, her A button controls her right arm, her B button controls her left arm. And when you mm. hit down B, you change what special arm she has. She has a boomerang, she has a light electric wrecking ball, and then she has the uh, standard arm. Is that something that kind of approximates what the game does in yeah, arms? Yeah, I think all of those arms are in the base game. I only played the demo, I haven't played the full arms experience, but I think that all those arms are included in her game, but they also fit Smash very well because you got like a fast, you have a normal, and then you have a heavy like hit. But the big thing that she works for multiplayer Smash versus like one-on-one is that much different than any other character, like I can punch in one direction and then while that punch is going, I can hit the B button and then launch to my other arm in the different direction. So doing that, I have control of the entire arena. It's like crowd control. Yeah, she's very good at crowd control. She's very good at getting hits in from far away, but up close she has some trouble. But yeah, that Earthen Smash and Animal Crossing, it's just been observation, so I've had it pretty light this time. I realize now that Hagar was the mayor. All right, Mike Hagar. Yeah, which means I don't really care about Terry Bogard. Oh, that's sad. I just care about mayors who punch people. Um, I had to correct this. But Terry Bogard has broken English, and I, it's amazing. I don't care. Get don't serious! Care. Is, is he a male? Is he a male? Mike? He has the... I don't, I don't care. They all don't it, care. Is that imperative? Does anybody ever refer to him as Mayor Mike Hagar? Yes. Yeah, I think he's the mayor in the first... Yeah, but do they call him mayor? I've only ever heard him called by his last name. I, I see, like, uh, there's, like, a campaign posters and stuff in those games where he's, like, standing there shirtless. Like, I would vote for a guy who's, like, walking around shirtless being like, I'm going to clean up this city myself with this pipe. <laughs> I'm sure I'll take flag for it, but Mortal Kombat, I don't care about Street Fighter. I'm he's with not, you. Yeah. I'm with you right there. I don't think he's... <laughs> Is it not Street Fighter? What are we talking about? Okay, let's just move yeah. on. We... Street, uh, he's in Final Fight, but he's appeared in Street Fighter. I think that's my Kagar's deal. Oh, that's the only reference that I know about a Street Fighter, so there yeah. you go. Yeah. But see, here's my reason I'm paranoid about this. When I listened to the show after the edit, mm-hmm. I realized that I said Iron Fury was the game that's kind of like Contra on the last episode that's blazing chrome <laughs> and i realized instantly i'm like this is not a good sign for the host of this show you have to issue another correction yeah i'm gonna issue another correction see i feel like this is just helping your insurrection and kicking me out of being <laughs> the host who's uh, to say yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right um i also did not play a ton of stuff other than observation i continue playing the messenger which is amazing. It is. It's probably one of my favorite games I've played in a long while. Where are you at in this game now? I just defeated the Sky Dragon. I'm okay. in the Underworld. 
I'm fighting the Underworld boss. Oh, you're getting there then. Yeah, and I'm having issues with that boss. Yeah. Uh, I know how to beat him, but I just... I want to say that that one got me too. Yeah, he. There's a couple of bosses like that held me up. The um, the top of the tower, with the uh, the three little monk guys who possess like this big guy who's throwing energy oh, balls yeah, at that you. Stuff. <laughs> that one held me up for a couple of days. But um, but this is it's it's a great game. Have you done the the whole thing? I know like half the people in this game came out treated it like it was a spoiler, but has it done the the hat the switch? Oh no, not yet. Okay, I won't. I won't say anymore. I, I just want to talk about the hat. Yeah. Because there's a bit in which your character gets a big fancy hat, <laughs> and you go into the shopkeeper. And he he compliments your hat and thinks it's really cool. <laughs> you come back out of the shop, go back in, and he's now wearing the hat. <laughs> and he proceeds to tell you how you stole his hat. <laughs> like the shopkeeper oh, in this game is like half of what makes this game so good. Every time I go to that shopkeeper, it's because I've known Nick for a long time. I'm like this is just what Nick does. If he ran a shop, like okay. he just of he, all the good things I hear about this game, that bit with the hat sold me the most. Oh, it's <laughs> amazing! Please play this game. You I, will enjoy this. I know I would love it. You would love. No, this I would game. love yeah. it. Not to dive too far into it, but he has a parable for every like yes. milestone that you complete in the game, with his own like sarcastic twist on it. It's very good. well. Like the writing some of them, is amazing. Some of them are genuine parables. Yeah, like ones you'll recognize. He'll try to like, and he's got like a more to the story. Some of them he's just like, so what do you think about that? <laughs> and your character's just like, I don't understand what you're trying to do here. It makes you think, don't it? He's just like, you're the one that came here talking to me, man. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, you're here asking me for stories. I guess I just, I gotta keep making up stories. But Messenger is great. Very good, um, just man, yeah, it's just, that's that's an awesome game. I'm also starting a Brothers in Arms Hell's Highway, mm. which is a game I haven't played in a long time. I know nothing about this. That's game. a very good game. Um, I played it back when it, I used to be a really big fan of the Brothers in Arms series. Mm. It's a War Two, more tactical squad based okay. shooter. This one takes place during um, Operation Market Garden. I'm mm. a War Two history buff, and this is kind of like a tries to take it fairly serious and take the events of the operation into consideration. That series was big on the like PS2, the original Xbox, right? Is this a backwards compatible original Xbox game, this or was on, this on the 360? This is on 360. Oh, okay. So the first two, I believe, came out on the PlayStation 2 and Xbox. Uh, the last one that they created was Hell's Highway, in my understanding. Gotcha. Which came out on the 360. It takes place during Operation Market Garden. I believe there was supposed to be a sequel that took place during the Battle of the Bulge. Because you're following the 101st Airborne. If you've mm-hmm. ever seen the series uh, Brothers in Arms, I mean, I'm not, um, Band, Band of Brothers. Brothers. Band of Brothers. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. it, it follows 101st Airborne and gotcha. Band of Brothers. This is a game that follows 101st Airborne. Oh, man. You're, you're playing through these kind of operations that they took place in. Then they were going to do a less than serious kind of reboot of this game at one point that was mm. going to be more like Wacky World War II. Uh. Um, and that got canceled also. Mm. Um, it's a good game. I like that game. Hmm. Uh, it was like two dollars. Yeah, it was on sale for two dollars. I mean, that's pocket change at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I've been playing this game called Observation. I think, I think I've, I've also been playing that. You want to share your observations about, about observation? observation? I, I had that written down. I believe you. <laughs> you, wrote, you had to write that down to remember that. Bit. Okay, I played half this game. I had I had a little bit of some muscle injuries and I had to take some painkillers. So some of these notes just look like a crazy person. 
<laughs> broke them. And then other th- there's just random symbols written <laughs> down for me trying to track what I needed to do throughout this game. Let's get into observation. Okay. Um Should we begin with our like overall thoughts on this game? Can I get a bleep? You get a bleep. Can I get one bleep? We try to keep a clean show here, but I got one bleep. Do it. Fuck observation. <laughs> oh, come on. No. Not... I'll say this. We talked about West of Dead. Mm-hmm. And there's a very clean line between both of these games. Yeah. I like everything that surrounds observation. I don't like playing observation. Look, I'm not going to set this bar for myself and, you know... Put myself in a in a mold, but I will throw it out here that I just a lot of this stuff I don't understand. Like I feel like I got ninety percent of this game, and then like the last ten percent is like, no, this is what we're trying to tell you, and I'm just like, but what is it? I'm gonna tell you. The game was fun, and I I have another question about how you guys played this Mm -hmm. Uh, because I played on PC and you are executing commands. It's not a big deal on PC. Mm -hmm. How is this handled on console? The, the controls are not that bad. Yeah, the controls are pretty good. The only thing that becomes an issue on the console itself is manning the pod that you control. Because in order mm-hmm. to move uh, vertically up and down, you have to press the left control stick in and then go up and down. See, that's enough for me, it's, dude. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's took me probably an hour to wrap my head around the pod controls, but once I got it, I was fine throughout that whole game. Mostly that first bit when you go on your spacewalk the first time, I got lost, I got frustrated. Getting to that, it took me like an hour to find the thing I needed to outside. It was just getting yeah. frustrated. Yeah. Before we get too into like it, that was the only part I looked up a walkthrough on this game, being like, well, okay, where's the thing? I need to find it. There was a, one other time Same here. that I had to look up a walkthrough mm-hmm. because... And it was just frustration at that point because I didn't feel like I didn't feel like I screwed up as a player. I feel like I was not given the information. Can I guess what it is? Yeah, go is ahead. Is it when you reconnect and you have to find the vents and stuff? No. See that that threw me off. I was like, never in this game have you crashed through a vent. No, the only reason <laughs> why I didn't. They try to teach you with coming out of the locker. Yeah, I get yeah. That, but, but then it's just like, that's one thing. I was like, oh, that's cool. I literally got lucky and went by it and saw it light up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I guess I can interact with this. Yeah. But yeah. I'll tell you mine is when I was when I was trying to find Emma again in the facility. Emma, after the death of a particular character. Yeah, I don't even know. Okay, we'll get yeah. to it. We'll get yeah, to let's it. just start from the um, beginning. We'll get to it. <laughs> this game has a great style. Yeah, but I would tell you this game's style is not as impressive if you played Alien Isolation. Yeah, so that's the right half of it. Yeah, yeah, right from the beginning, the whole VHS uh, tracking stuff because Alien Isolation does start with the VHS tracking bar and yeah. everything moving, then and the heavy film grain. But it's very similar, like almost to a T. But I thought it was it's probably taken because it's such a strong vibe like the film grain and everything no there's no music on the title screen yeah and it's just that shot of the space station and right away you having played alien isolation you know the vibe you're gonna get and it's like really eerie but so yeah as somebody who hasn't played isolation uh that kind of did you know it's it's still a cool opening scene for no me. it's cool it's a um, it's a good style but yeah that's the one thing that's kind of like a especially now that you know last episode we talked about how the director of this game mm-hmm. was a director on that game right and it just kind of feels weird to see it be such a 
like a, such a hard link. Sure. Um, and I understand that these games are kind of different the way mm-hmm. they play, but it was such a hard link between the two. It was kind of hard. To just real quick, I don't think he was the director on Alien Isolation. He just worked on Alien Isolation. Either but way, still yeah. either way, yeah. The influencers are very prominent yeah. even before hitting no, new yeah, game for sure. And then on top of that, like I, I didn't know actually what this game was going into it, so I thought it was going to be more in that vein. Uh, so for that to be flipped on its head and you're just like, nope, you're just an AI trying to figure out the events that have happened here. Even though there's like clear and distinct nods, you know, to your Aliens Isolation, your 2001 Space Odyssey is very this, obvious yeah. homages to these. But This game is very much, like Alan Wake, this game very much wears this influence on its sleeve. Sure. It's uh, the original Alien, it's 2001 Space Odyssey, it's that 2007 movie Sunshine, which is a really underrated movie. Event they make a Horizon. Oh, Event Horizon too. I haven't oh, yeah. seen that one. Yeah, yeah. It's it reminded me a lot of Event Horizon. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no you're fine. Your, that's the game that throughout this entire game, that's the movie that throughout this entire game really stuck with me. That like someone's seen Event Horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a very striking style. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to take away from it by oh, any means. Yeah. And I say my opening statement. Sort of for shock value. <laughs> There's a lot of things I enjoy about this game, yeah. and maybe because I didn't play it on PC, but there's some issues just with the way the game plays that really like I shouldn't get so frustrated just trying to complete tasks that I know how to complete. Right. Like yeah. it was situations I mean, where I knew what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. It was just frustrating to do it. Well, so that's the thing I was getting at earlier is that like there are just several. Uh, puzzles i guess we'll talk about um that these are literal just keystrokes like there are several different keystrokes where if like you're using your left hand to do this it makes sense to where like i can only imagine that it's just like mapped to four different buttons that are kind of arbitrarily placed on a controller i think one bit that you're talking about is where you're reattaching the uh modules to the main hub right when you're outside of the spacewalk yeah for us that's just hold x then hold Y, then release X, and then release Y. I think okay, that's how yeah. it works. Well, so so it's, only two, that, it's only two buttons. But to, that's on your right hand naturally, right? Yes. So, I don't know. It's, it's uh, So, for just complete disclosure, it's S and W on the keyboard, which are almost on top of each other on the same finger. So, there is like a... Like, I could fat finger and mess this up and reset this whole thing, you know? Yeah, let's see. I mean... Now, like I understand, there's going to be differences. Yeah, and that's sure. not mm-hmm. even necessarily what my issues are. Yeah, but so, I took a lot of photos of screens on my phone, Same. Oh, yeah. just so I wouldn't have and... to flip back and forth. And I know, like the game's trying to, but I'm also playing as a highly advanced AI. <laughs> <laughs> and if I'm playing as a highly advanced AI, should be able to layer those exactly. two images on top of each other. Like, I was yeah. confused on why they felt the need to be like, no, you got to go back and look at it and then come like back. you got to remember and instead it's like, of that's just not like how, executing it. Yeah, like I feel like if I'm playing as a highly advanced AI, he w- that wouldn't be the problem that would trick up an AI, you know? <laughs> sure. And it doesn't make it more fun. Yeah, it's um, a little more tedious at that point. And there's a lot of that like memorization yeah. to play this game. And it's just stuff that really didn't enjoy but um, let's go ahead and start at the beginning of the game because mm-hmm. I think it has a strong intro. Yeah, very much. Um, you start off in complete darkness. There's mm-hmm. some really—I mean, it's a very good-looking game. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, and you 
are on board what I believe is supposed to be like a, a next level version of the International Space Station. Yeah, it's, it's like multiple low orbit. Yeah, low Earth orbit. Multiple countries have their own like branch and they meet together. Which in the is how hub. the International Space Station is. Yeah, because right. it has multiple branches connected mm-hmm. to form the International Space. I like I like space. Space, space is cool. Yeah, space is cool. Um, if you want to learn more about space. I suggest the book uh, I read not that long ago, uh, Packing for Mars by mm. Mary Roach. It's a really cool, cool book. Yeah. Talk about space. That's just my little plug for the day. Nerd. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but, um, you know, obviously an accident has happened. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been... There's reference to the station spinning out yes. of control. Mm-hmm. So we'll put just... some urgency there right yeah. out of the gate. And we'll introduce to our character or interface sam mm-hmm. sam is the uh the ai in charge of basically running the entire station yep um and your first character you interact with is emma emma is a doctor aboard the station mm-hmm. and she is the as of right then the only astronaut that we know of that has survived whatever has happened right and uh will instantly put to walk trying to basically assess the damage of the station and also stop the the spinning there's a couple of fires that are on there's a fire mm-hmm, on the yeah. station um the game does a pretty good job of the dangers of space right you know decompression um exposure all these things like it does a pretty good job of that yeah uh i actually really like the initial sequence of emma with her voice recognition yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you accept the initial one or did you decline? I declined the initial one. Yeah, I did too. So I accepted it. Anything special happens? Does the game just continue? Ex- yeah, that's the thing. So like, mm-hmm. it does just kind of like. So if you reject the voice commands in this game, it kind of just brute forces it. Uh, so if you in the first sequence, um, I've, I think I, I went back and watched what happens just because yeah. I was like curious if like any of the choices that you make in this game matter. Um, I feel like they wouldn't overall. There's probably like flavor text here and there, but I feel like yeah. they wouldn't make a huge difference. At this point in the game, though, I was like, well, what happens if you change it? Yeah. I declined the first one, but then she repeats it. And it's a good sound. It's, it's a, a better yeah. yeah. And that sounds dumb, but that goes back to trying to play the game and like, um, like I try to get into the head. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, no, nah, it's not correct. It's role playing. Like, Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Emma. Calm yeah. down and make sure your voice matches your sample. <laughs> no, nah, but yeah, I was just wondering if anybody else declined the Yeah, I actually one. accepted it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, instantly we're exposed to the camera flips, um, as made famous recently by, I guess, the Five Nights at Freddy's franchise. Sure. I feel bad that that was the first game I thought of, too, yeah. whenever we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, it, but, I mean, games have done security cameras before, but it's, it, 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 it's hard not to think of that franchise. That's a franchise I care nothing about. Little kids love it. Yeah, little kids love that game, <laughs> which is weird because that's it's a game scary. about murdering children. Yeah, they. <laughs> My friend in college got really into the lore of the Five Nights at Freddy's because there's a lot of background stuff. Apparently, the guy who made those games really cares about the lore too. <laughs> like, I read an article one time where he said that he was having like waking nightmares when he was walking on the game because he was so deep into it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, man, you're taking this really seriously. <laughs> well, because he... I'm getting way off topic, but I'll be quick. He made it for like the YouTube audience that loves breaking it down, so he had to think of stuff that would like, oh, you really have to dig to get to that stuff. So he was very much in it to think of those 
things, but yeah. yeah. That um, makes sense, though. Yeah. The initial statement, the first thing we'll, we'll kind of put the task is damage control. That was a um, fire in one mm-hmm. of the sections. We're mm-hmm. also only locked into, I believe, the European slash U.S. portion of the, the station. Almost until like the first third of the game, you're just in this station, kind of yeah. giving you a feel for how things work, how to like check your systems and everything. Mm-hmm. So there's yeah. a impression that you, the other areas of the station are, you know, could be decompressed or you know yeah. whatever. I'm not right. a space man. No, <laughs> no, but, but there, there is are problems. With, it's like uh, a lockdown. Exactly. It's you know, and Emma doesn't know who's in what. This. This is something the game does do very well. Uh-huh. In the grand scheme of things, they're very close to each other. Exactly, you know, these yeah. are very small, cramped locations. But because of the way space stations and you know items that go into space are built, right. they're designed to be able to be separated in cases of emergency or in cases of like how walk is done in space, where yeah. you might be dropping a satellite off into orbit or stuff like that. I'm not no I'm no scientist now, <laughs> so somebody's gonna be sitting there and be like, "Well, actually, I'm just a fan of science." All right. I mean, if anybody knows, that'd be cool if they yeah. want oh, to share. Yeah, if somebody great, wants to but... be really like who knows something about this, I'd love to listen. Um, state of say at gmail at gmail dot com. <laughs> Send us an email. Um, but your know, first task is controlling a fire that's broke out in one of the sections of this uh, European slash US. Mm-hmm branch of the station and also we're jettisoning a um, one of the pods module 12 because it says there's an unknown presence in there yes and that's right after you discover that the cause of the fire had some type of residue on it yes. yeah. so just from the vibe of the game i think this is one thing it kind of plays with you a bit right away you're thinking aliens right there's aliens yeah. on the ship i need to jettison the pod right now yeah. it's an alien or it's a yeah it's something foreign has caused this this explosion mm-hmm. um and even, Emma, even before this there's also the bit where uh, you both, you and Emma, black out. Like you see the strange symbols on your screen, and right away, my note was like, "Am I being hacked right now?" Mm-hmm. So well, and you also see a. Um, they do a cool interface of over the screen that's mm-hmm. bringing text online. That's like what Sam is visualizing. Like right. it's like master controls and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's telling him to bring her. Yeah. Bring her. Yeah, bring so her. after you get through the entire. Uh, you know, it's it's a tutorial. Yes. You're, you're running through doing damage control, putting out fires. Literally, uh, is this before or after your spacewalk? Um, this is before. Okay. Um, I believe that we have a a second blackout where Emma blacks out and you as Sam go back offline. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is when when you are brought back online, Emma still does not know anything about what's going on. She yeah. can't reach anybody else in the station. Mm-hmm. You're still locked in this kind of small portion of the station. Um, the main reason I believe is that those the clamps that secure this branch of the station are not secure. Mm-hmm. Right. So she's not able to open up the hatches to get into the main station, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is when you have to do your first exit of the station outside. Mm-hmm. And this is also where I believe that you've now learned that you are no longer above Earth's atmosphere. The yeah. Saturn reveal was yes. nuts. Yeah, you are over Saturn. <laughs> um, and I believe that's the first like chapter. There's no hard chapter breaks yeah. in this game. But that's the first point in which, um, I, I mean, I use the achievements as like, mm. a way of judging like progression throughout this game. Yeah. Um, this is the first one in which it says, hey, you, as, um, you have completed a portion of the game because it says, hey, 
Sam, how did we get here? And Sam, right. like, I believe I brought you here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, we talked about how this was going to be like an episodic release. And then I guess when they finished the whole thing, they cut it down into like a one full thing to like help with the pacing and stuff. But you yeah. can still see there's a lot of cliffhanger bits. Like there's True. this. And then there's especially the bit where you're uh, going back to the first station and like it the camera zooms out and everything like yeah. you would expect like credits to roll there for like the at the end of chapter break like i could see this being a three chapter release um silence is very important like yeah. that's like mm -hmm. you know your understanding of space is that there's no sound in space mm -hmm. and no movie or video game ever does that completely properly they always want to do like the heavy breathing or whatever or like you know dramatic scores over yeah the but thing. this game does Flark a lot with silence yeah. mm -hmm. and long camera pans onto uh, you know the emptiness of space, or which is characters cool. doing yes. nothing. Yes, Gravity is the movie that I think of that does yes. it the best. Yes, Gravity. Absolutely. Now so. Gravity's still guilty of occasionally having mm -hmm. muffled sounds. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, you can get all naughty about it and be like, there's no sound, but it's a <laughs> it's a film. Right. Got to make it interesting. Sound is how we can build up drama but that's something this game does do pretty well little things like you know making sure you decompressurize the hatch before mm -hmm. you go out because if not you're going to get blown right out you know the diagram hatch yeah. well i mean your entire movement in the game yeah. is little little Propelled. jets you yeah know? Mm -hmm. it's it feels floaty in a way that if you weren't playing a space game would be absolutely horrible mm -hmm. but the fact that you understand that like little tiny propulsions is how you would have to get around that segues sense. into you know when you do the spacewalk, yep. you realize that you're now the station is now positioned over Saturn. Mm -hmm. You have to reclamp the European slash US module onto the main station. Yeah. So Sam has to go out to do that, and how he does that is through a sphere. Right. So this is the first time that you remove yourself from the internal systems of the the station and are in a mobile sphere. Yep. Mm -hmm. The the sphere does not feel great but <laughs> because of what you just said it justifies it yeah yeah like and that's something i i, I didn't like doing mm -hmm. but i understood the reasoning behind it because hey it's a it's being propulsed through you know zero gravity i understand it and i gave it a little bit of break on that the thing that helps it too is you're never timed to do anything if you yeah. had a time limit while you're operating that pod that would just be a nightmare but yeah even sure. like moments that feel like you have urgency you could just sit there forever yeah you know so. we also you know we've encountered the black cube at this the, point yeah where you play simon yeah. says yeah. <laughs> that's one of the first things that irritated me is simon says i guess we're supposed to be <laughs> communicating with the cube right yeah. um but it just and it never really explains whether it's a communication between you and sam or to all of you because the the sam aesthetic of how sam views the ward yeah disappears during those black cube segments well, hmm. so I feel like in your initial playthrough, it's meant to be ambiguous uh, just because of some things that happen towards the end that kind of reveal, like, yeah, maybe it's both. Yeah, but that goes back to why this game made me frustrated. See, because those, those things that I didn't understand were the cool things to me. Like, there's, you know, we'll get to them, I'll bring it up, but like, there are several things in this game where it's just like, I don't really understand why it had to be this way. Yeah. Um, but this is one of those things that I was just like, oh, okay, well, the ambiguity here is kind of like 
part of the charm. Yeah, and, and it, I didn't expect everything to be explained. We talked a lot yeah. about this with Alan Wake. Yeah. Um, I think it's a personal level of how much you can tolerate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, for me, it fell short, mm-hmm. you know, just for how I felt. But we'll get to, as the game progresses, yeah. we'll talk yeah. about that. Um, you know, we get the, and we're not really going to talk a ton on the puzzles individually. This is, a, at the end of the day, a puzzle game yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. But um, the individual puzzles are not necessarily what interests me about this game, yeah. or, you know, as a conversation. Yeah. They're, They're an like, obstacle that you have, it's like the combat now in Wake. They're an obstacle that you have to get through to see the next story a bit. While some of those puzzles are very interesting, I yeah, like. Yeah. There are a few that, like, I thought were noteworthy. Like, there's one where they just throw you. It's very early in the game where you're trying to get the ship, the ship's power back online, where they just throw you on this this screen and you have no idea what you do. So it mm-hmm. forces you to just kind of interact with things that you don't understand the magnitude of. Which is, I like that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I will say this, <laughs> I'm not a computer guy. Yeah. <laughs> Every once in a while, I felt like, man, my computer illiteracy is really causing me some issues here. But um, <laughs> my favorite puzzles were the ones that you had to look around the. Uh, room and then find clues and then operate the computer terminal based on all those clues like yeah. put together. Like, yeah, yeah. There's some yeah. smart stuff there. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's a puzzle in which you're trying to gain access to the captain's main computer, <laughs> and his his note just says graduation. Yeah, yeah. And you go and you find a photo of him or when he graduated from the NASA I believe it's I believe it's NASA Space Academy whatever EAS or something like that because this is supposed to be like a few years in the future right Um, 2026 I think is the year they bring up which seems very close for where we're at I hate I hate to tell everybody but there ain't no gonna gonna be no massive Saturn trip in 2026 (laughs) Um, Elon Musk get on it He's he's preoccupied right now. That um, Tesla's out there. It's going to be the first thing to get to Saturn. <laughs> if it is, it will yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, and stuff like that. I like those puzzles. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we get the clamps reattached. We um, before we go on, any other thoughts before we kind of regain entry to a larger portion of the station? Well, there's a bit where you're. Did you guys go to the jettison module? Yes. Yes, you find uh, Josh's log where he talks about uh, Sam jesting it, and he says, how could he do this? He should not be able to do that. That's not in his programming. Well, Are you talking about mod- the Module 12? Yeah, Module 12. See, I never got to that. Yeah, that's so if you, if you go there, because I was like, assess the damage. So I was like, there's damage here. Oh, that's the jettison module. There was a computer floating there, and it's one of Josh's logs saying that, Sam, jettison the module. What the hell? Yeah. Also, he states that he is trying to walk his way around the station. Mm-hmm. So it shows that Josh is not dead. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. So he was in Module 12 when it was jettisoned, but yeah. apparently was able to be, in a, I guess he's in a suit. Yeah. Um, which, I mean, Module 12 looks to be an external, we're not going to get into right. the science <laughs> um, But, so he's still alive. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, that's a good point because that plays a factor in this game. Mm-hmm. Um when we gain uh, entry back into the the main hub of the station, mm-hmm. we find one of our fellow astronauts is dead. This Stanislav. Yeah, he's I believe an astronaut from Russia. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is also kind of like the main hub of the station. It's like the command hub, I guess. Yeah. yeah. All the other modules break out from this central yeah. hub. This is shared where, space. Yeah. yeah. This is where Sam's um, main. Uh, mainframe is yeah, is also is accessible 
At this point, yes. Yeah. Um, and this is also where we first get contact with May, who is mm-hmm. who was in the mm-hmm. Chinese um, side of the uh, station. Yeah. yeah. And uh, she's been locked out, kind of like Emma was. Right. Um, before we move on, how do y'all feel about Emma as a character? I mean, there's not. You can't shake your head, Michael. This is not a video podcast. Yeah, I was thinking. There's not really a lot to say about her. She seems like all the characters in this game. They seem like a driving force for the narrative around it. Like we don't know much about the crew outside of what we know about them in this game. Besides uh, that one puzzle where we're learning about uh, graduation dates and everything. But besides that, we know what we know from the logs. But not much more than that when it comes to Emma or any of the crew. Like, you learn that Emma and Josh have a relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, They have a a sexual relationship, I guess. Um, Yeah, this game does not try to really dig deep into... Like, there's several crew members who get no real backstories at all. (laughs) Yeah, Um, a few of them are not even relevant until, like, maybe the last two or three, you know parts of this game yeah. mm-hmm. uh, I kind of feel like a game that's so focused on a relationship between you as the AI and this one character mm-hmm. should probably try to build a little bit more compassion I, for the character I liked her overall because uh, she is uh, I was trying really hard to like play as the role of Sam so she's the only one who like treats you like with she treats you like a human, essentially, yeah. like talking to you. Everybody else is like, hey, Sam, do this, end message. You're yeah. basically just Siri to them. But for her, she's like asking you how you're doing and everything. Yeah. And well, you like respond to her. You can see it also as a way of her trying to keep sane. Sure. Mm-hmm. Because she's alone. Yeah. If, you know, in the re- reality, if we were in a situation where the only thing we could talk to was Siri on our phone, you're alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's trying, I think, having even a, a mechanical voice of Sam at least gives her some semblance of not being alone. Right. And at least for the back half of this game, it makes me, at least me, very protective of her. Yeah. Like when something bad happens to Emma, I was like, oh, she's the only one who understands me. I got to get her back. So it, well, yeah, she works. Yeah, she works very much in that way. But as like a overall like character, I can't tell you much about her as a person. But as like someone to connect with in that moment, like it works very well. Yeah, yeah I would agree with that. It's not my top complaint. It's just yeah. something I was thinking of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, from this point, we do kind of a branching of system alerts. Um, mm-hmm. The interface that you have as um, Sam is pretty cool. You know, it feels like you're going through a checklist at that point, trying to yeah. bring systems back online. Some mm-hmm. of them Emma can access and bring online for you. Mm-hmm. Some of them are ones you have to physically take the sphere out to go bring online or trigger Viva the cameras. You know, where you're taking yeah. possession of an ad- object to redirect the um, like the lockdown of a door. This is yeah. when we start getting schematics to doors. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something we talked about, I think, at the beginning of this, that I'm not a big fan of the fact that you have to flip back and forth. I was taking a lot of photos with my phone, so I could yeah. just look at my phone and yeah. do it that way. Um, you can say that's cheating. I say that's more realistic for an AI. I mean, uh, so I wouldn't it's, even it's say not it's cheating. cheating. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there, I had a, a pen and paper, and I was counting squares. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there are, it seems like they could have, you know, okay, you found this, and they can either post it right there beside, so you have to input the, the, you know, schematic, or it just straight up overlay it would probably be more yeah, smart way I to get, do it. Yeah, I get, you still gotta make a gameplay. Yeah. yeah, of course. 
Are you guys colorblind at all? Because there's one puzzle, I'm not colorblind, but the one puzzle where you're getting the crew tracker back on the line where you have to change like red to green, I imagine would be a nightmare if you're colorblind. I have some way. issues with shades. Mm-hmm. I, this is something I just now realized because me and my wife, my wife runs a little business doing t-shirts and things like that. And I was looking at something and I was completely off on what color it was and we realized i have a little bit of issues with shades of colors mm-hmm. so there's a section of that in which there's an orange and a red mm-hmm. and it was hard for me to tell the complete difference between the two gotcha um with which one was the orange because you're supposed to change the orange i believe mm-hmm. so it was kind of hard to tell which one was which so yeah and i didn't really see an option in the yeah. options for color blindness after i saw that puzzle i checked just to be sure and there's nothing for that so i imagine if any of our listeners are colorblind i imagine i could just see them going i can't do this what a, I, I could work my way through a puzzle one time but you have to do that thing three times i imagine people would and just I, shut off the game right there well, without a really, second thought I really hope that that's not randomized. Well, so because... that's the, what's, it is randomized. So if mm-hmm. you fail it the first time, it you gives a you a different color to compare. It's always green that, you know, this is green. Uh, but it is really weird that the choices were all like red, yellow, orange, and green. Yeah. It's just like, these are like the worst ones, the yeah. most common. It was, it was really weird. That <laughs> seems like somebody in development should have realized that. Um, yeah, that was just an odd one. And I did mm-hmm. have a little bit of issues. Like, it wasn't enough to stump me. Yeah. But there was a couple of times where I put the wrong one on. Yeah. And I, I kind of realized it when I looked up and there was one that wasn't right beside the other one. I yeah. could kind of use that as my guide. But, yeah, there's, for shades, I had a little bit of issues with it. <laughs> if, you, if you can't beat the game because of those puzzles, I understand completely. Because yeah, that's just a frustrating thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, as you go around the station, we'll bring you May back into the station, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's kind of walking in tandem with Emma. You're starting to realize you inform May that hey, guess what? We're over Saturn. Yeah, um, <laughs> she had no idea about. Yeah, she which is kind of cool. She yeah. didn't have access to be able to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the second spacewalk yeah. with May because May goes out of the station to try to help fix some of the clamps. Yeah, on her end, uh, Sam goes out there with her. I had a hard time finding her. You were supposed to find her at one point, and she's kind of down between some of the arms. Yeah, I didn't have any issues with that, but the first spacewalk, I had a ton of issues trying to figure out like how to interact with the damage. Yeah, because it was also like you have a button to repeat last command, and she just says, it should be... Uh, most of the time in game design, if you ask for a hint once, they just repeat it, and then when they ask a, you ask a second time or a third time, they like give you more like, hey, can you go check it around uh, UC1, I believe it was, or something like that? Yeah. But she would just say, assess damage. Assess the damage. And you're like, this is no help at all. Yeah, and it's the exact same sample, so it's like there's no variation. Also, yeah. it, they use like UC1 as your your guideline to mm-hmm. where to go but that's not very clearly stated on the outside of each module like yeah. it's mm-hmm. there but it's not like in big massive letters where as a player and i guess you're going for aesthetic reasons why it wouldn't be but end of the day aesthetic should not get in the way of gameplay sure mm-hmm. and there was yeah. situations where like okay i get it it's on the cn12 module but it, which module am I staring at? <laughs> yeah. Yo, and then you finally find it, and like, oh crap, this is all you six. Yeah. I'm not even on the right branch. <laughs> you know, I mean, and there's no, like, after a while, I feel like there there is a waypoint system in this game. Mm. Um, 
after a while, would it hurt him just to throw up the waypoint and be like, hey, man, you've been on this for a while. <laughs> like, I know some guy in game design and, and aesthetic is going to yell and be like, well, that blows the immersion. But you know what also blows the immersion? Being a super smart AI who's floating around in space for 30 minutes <laughs> looking for a module that he should know where like, it's at. Yeah, essentially a readily available location files just yeah. popping off. Like, I feel like any argument to that statement is trumped by the fact that I'm the system AI in this. <laughs> I wouldn't have that issue. Like, I if I was exactly a person, maybe I'm confused and where I'm at. Yeah. But I'm a machine here. I would be able to be like, it's right there. <laughs> there are a couple of times where this specific argument comes up in my mind um, throughout this game. I imagine that part of that is because, like, whenever you wake up, you realize uh, near the beginning of the game, you realize that all of your memories are wiped too. So that could have something to do with that too. That's so there yeah. is this, there is kind of a story reason why that wouldn't happen, but still, they should have just worked a way into where, hey, you're struggling a bit. Let's push you on this way. Yeah. It's funny, I was looking at my notes here. Crew Tracker would be hell if you're colorblind. And then my <laughs> next note, Crew Tracker was hell. For <laughs> um, you know, as you're kind of going through the systems, you're working with May, um, you gain access to the cameras in RU, the Russian branch of mm-hmm. the facility. Uh, I might be off with this a little bit. The game's kind of not linear in how you perform certain tasks. That's true, yeah. So if those, if I'm jumping something, you know, somebody let me know. But yeah. I mean, there's a few pretty distinct cutoff points yeah. that, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of do everything at your leisure until those points. Yeah, so. this is where I found the uh, the captain. Um, Jim. Yeah, Jim. He is the captain of the, the mission. Yeah. And you find him in his quarters, and he is dead. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is good because at this point in the game, like everyone's talking about trying to find him. He's the guy in charge. Right. And now you realize it brings back like, oh crap, we are in pretty bad shape because the guy in charge is dead now too. So yeah. he put that. As if being right beside Saturn's not enough. Yeah, I mean at this point you're pretty much screwed. But um, also May is jettisoned at one point outside. Of she gets the sucked. Yeah, she gets sucked into the storm on Saturn's surface yeah. while you're on that walk. I do yeah. want to say that is one of the more distinct cutoff points uh, uh-huh. between like chapters. And yeah, quotes. you lose May on the uh, on the spacewalk. Yeah, mm-hmm. she gone. Um, so as you're kind of going around the ship, you find that the captain is dead. Uh, I want to say there's another either another blackout, or is it when May is sucked into the the storm that is on Saturn? Is when a duplicate station. That, that's sure, right, because yeah. that's my note immediately after the there's a storm on Saturn's surface, May sucked in, and then you look and then see another station, like a exact copy of this yeah. one. Which they believe to be sent to rescue them. Yeah, which, okay, <laughs> this is when, I, I overthink these things, I do, but mm-hmm. I try to think, like as a character, like there was no duplicate station. Right, like you would say so you'd be in the know on that. Emma would know that the you that there is no secondary station. But I mean, what other option is there for them? I mean, we from the outside looking in can know this trope and go, oh, alternate universe. Right. But for them on board, I don't see them jumping to the conclusion like, oh, it's an exact copy of the station, and there'll be copies of us on board. So yeah. that's the only logical explanation at that point for them in a point where like your only other hope is dying it's like it's it's the equivalent of like in a zombie movie where they don't know 
like they've never seen a zombie movie before, and they're just like, what are these things? How is the dead coming back to life? We're going to call them... Uh, the Walkers or something like that, not like what, what kind of franchise would call them Walkers? I, I don't. <laughs> That's never gonna take off. <laughs> Tell that guy he needs to rethink his entire well, business model. Well you, well, you get my point. Yeah. <laughs> they but, act as though it's like this unique scenario. Even yeah. though at this point, everybody knows what it's. I, I think is. I would have yeah. been nice if Emma just was like. How is there another facility? There's no facility in manufacturing, you know, being constructed currently. Just some line, just sure. to, and like I know there's time dilation the farther you get away from Earth and all that stuff. But you know, I just oh no, it feels kind of weird that she just readily accepts this rescue vehicle. Yeah, um, you're trying to send an emergency signal to this other yep. um, station. There's a couple of puzzles where you're trying to gain access to the broadcast material um, satellite. You're trying to position the satellite. There's mm-hmm. a pretty cool thing where you're actually finding the coordinates right. for the the satellite. Yeah. Um, all this stuff is going on. Um, also, there's a mechanic throughout the game as you're traveling around. You can bring up voice logs, things mm-hmm. like that, just to get backstory yeah. on characters. Um, it's fine. It's yeah. not. It, None of them go really deep. But for what they are, they do help flavor the world a little bit, and it's yeah, they're all just good. like kind of slice of life interactions. Yeah, it's nothing that like I felt the need to track them all down. Right, you know, these aren't the manuscript pages, um, but these aren't the coffee mugs either. They're yeah. somewhere in between. <laughs> there is some stuff that you find on Jim's uh, the captain's mm-hmm, computer. Yeah. You are at this point, I believe you now know that he had a separate mission. Precursor one, Pre- yeah, yeah, precursor yeah, you one. find that as soon as you get to the other station. Now, at this point, you're not the... aware of what that is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because you go. I believe this is where you go to the Sam's mainframe on the second to like get a feel for what's going on. Is yeah. that right? Yes. Or are you there yet? I don't. I don't know if it's quite yet. Oh yeah, you're not in the mainframe, but is... you do plug into one of the computers yes. on the central. This is area. Jim Elias's terminal on yeah. the other ship because right, this is gotcha. how because that's the the graduation right that's puzzle. what this is okay yeah. there's a lot of plugging into computers <laughs> yeah. um but we haven't gone to the other ship yet we've sent a signal emma sends like basically oh, a, help, right, yeah. a rescue uh and she gets a response from josh mm-hmm. saying that he's on that station yeah um we've been hinted at that they have a relationship you know so and she she has a vested interest of all the people she's trying to find is josh mm-hmm. uh, there is a cool moment where she references like a film having like decompression as a way of directing you uh-huh. towards a, t- a target, mm-hmm. and she's like, "That's ridiculous. You can just <laughs> jump off. Like, there's nothing stopping you in space. Yeah. So momentum doesn't like you don't need a massive amount of force to push you in a direction." Oh yeah, she's talking about uh, a really underrated movie called Sunshine, where they use an explosion behind them to like jump from one ship to another ship. Yeah, and that part's really cool because they're like, "Oh, space is cold. We're gonna freeze instantly." So they have to like wrap themselves in like hot blankets and stuff to like go to the other side, and it's a really really tense scene. So I didn't think anybody knew about Sunshine. <laughs> so like when I saw a reference in this, I'm like, "Yes, um, finally some credence for that movie." <laughs> I talk about Event Horizon. A lot mm-hmm. um, at the beginning, how I thought this. If you ever seen Event Horizon, it's about a ship popping back up after it's been missing for many, many years. Mm-hmm. Um, when you go to the second station, uh, there's a scene where you push off of your station and you're tethered to Sam is tethered to Emma, mm-hmm. 
and you're basically just trying to direct yourself and make sure you hit the station at the right angle, that's a fairly accurate description of how that would walk in theory. That was one um, of the most tense moments of this game. Yeah. Yeah. Because you are you don't have much control there. Like, it's all Emma. So it's just you're relying on somebody to do it. I know it's scripted, but, yeah. like, in that moment, it's really tense. The only, like, you know, the thing is both of these objects are in reality would be moving at hundreds of miles an hour is a circle yeah um, so it would be harder than just what it yeah nerd <laughs> <laughs> but um okay yeah yeah <laughs> you know what i've been very attacked on this episode <laughs> people please write in and say eric don't 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 deal with this junk <laughs> um but you know you do the the kind of the shot across um and when you get to this other station it's completely powered down right um, and that's where the event horizon stuff really struck me. Mm-hmm. Um, Emma's moving throughout the station. U.S. Sam is moving, you know, moving in front of her, basically giving her light. It's a pretty cool sequence mm-hmm. inside the duplicate station because at first she's like, "Boy, this looks just like our station." Yeah. And then it's like, "This is our station." Um, when you're on board this station, you're trying to find Josh because she's got a message from him. Right. Instead, we come across Jim. Oh no, Jim was dead. How is Jim here? Um, this, is, you know, as an intelligent player, you realize, ah, duplicate station, same right. people. Um, you also get messages on the terminals that are from Emma, but not your Emma. Right. Mm-hmm. Where she's freaking out. Like yeah. this Emma has not got any of the, the, the calm collectiveness of our Emma. She's just freaking straight up fetal position, scared to death. It's alluded and, on very early on that. Uh, Things are not going well on this station, mm-hmm. and that it's very likely that the station that you come from is the the one that you know successfully yeah. got where they needed to be. And Jim immediately points at you and goes, "He's the one who killed you. He opened the door on you. I saw you die." Yeah. So yeah. that was like a moment where you're like, okay, questioning what. This is when the game starts to break down for me mm. because. Jim tells you a lot of things about, like, Sam's the one who kills you on this station. Mm-hmm. Josh is a murderer, like, covered in blood. You know, you get a lot of several. But a lot of it's from Jim telling you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spoiler, Jim's an, you know, a, a monster who's the bad guy in this. Yeah. Um, but the game never really, like, tries to explain, like, is that what you're, this Josh is doing? Because you eventually, while performing tasks as Sam to try to... Uh, gain information about what happened on this station and what's generally happening happening um you are you come across josh yeah and that almost immediately becomes your objective yes but when you find josh is that your josh or is that this josh is from this station so when the module is jettisoned he's on the module Eventually, they come to a point where the two observations are close enough, and he does make the jump. That is your Josh. So I think okay. it's even referenced in that cutscene. Like he just, you know, turns, holding the uh, the sphere, turns the camera, and there's just a trail of bodies. Like Jim has killed everyone on board. Right, because also he's stabbed. Yeah, he's Josh. been stabbed, and he's <laughs> hiding from Jim. Yeah. Um, and this is when you realize Jim's a bad guy. Yeah. Also, I believe at this point is when you realize that Jim had a separate mission than everyone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Jim's mission was there was an anomaly that there's several like corresponding phenomena mm-hmm. that all directed this exact moment in time at this one spot in space. Um, the mission was basically a fraud for everybody else except Jim. 
That's a big trope in sci-fi, too. Yeah. That's one of the things in Alien. Well, so too. it also points out uh, one of the phenomena is that uh, these events happen in space, certain intervals apart. Uh, I don't know if you guys went into this this log, but uh, it's basically the perfect human genome. Yes. Which yeah. just yeah. so happens to be uh, Emma's DNA. Um, so it's not just Jim. Well, Jim just that has part, actually allowed right? to... Yeah, so Jim is actually... His mission is to bring that craft with Sam and Emma mm. to the storm on Saturn. And then he's allowed to leave. They they say that he can pull out. Yeah, because he was supposed to absorb it. I know that point. Yeah. But he was, yeah. See, I did not know that it was Emma's yeah. gene. That, how did I miss that? Where was that stated? That's in the Sam mainframe. Um, the first time that. you entered the Sam mainframe. Okay. I mean, that changes a little bit of my feelings. It's not changes it enough but it yeah. changes it a little bit it's it's three different um of the findable yeah things but it's like scripted that you find them yeah um i did read through those i must have really missed that like i said i was on there was a point in which i was playing this game after some muscle injuries and had some painkillers <laughs> in me just to try to control the pain so maybe i was just out of it for that yeah maybe <laughs> but um yeah i mean so you realize that he had that separate mission mm-hmm. sam is also aware of, aware of this mission now, we don't know if Sam's not saying anything because Sam's memories have had damage. Mm-hmm. I think but, that's what the case is, be, but there's also the Sam on the alternate station, too. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which has been shut down. Mm-hmm. That Sam was shut down by, yeah. by, by Jim. Uh, Jim. Jim. Um, Jim pours you away from Josh when you find Josh. Uh, as Sam. Yeah. As Sam. He pours the sphere away. Because also on the alternate station, you have no access to any of the cameras. Yeah. Because you're, it's not your station. Right? Yeah. Um, and he basically, with Emma, goes and proceeds to make the jump back to your original station, correct? Before that, did you guys find the alternate Emma? Yes. No, I did not. Yeah, in the, she's in the Sam mainframe. Like, you see, a, like, the way I discovered it, like, I saw the feet there. I was like, oh, whose body is this? And you, like, I scanned up, and I saw it was Emma. Mm. And I was like, oh, crap, this is crazy. Which also devalues Jim's statement that she was sucked out. Sucked out by Sam, yeah. yeah. Well, so the last thing that you do before you're pulled away is he jettisons yeah. freaking Josh out of the airlock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That was mm-hmm. the thing, like, is there actually, there probably isn't a psycho Josh running around. I think it's probably just No, Jim yeah, I think it's Jim's. Just, yeah, he's the shipping out yeah yeah right when uh you see josh and he explains everything you go okay jim's the bad guy yeah. so this point, they don't really give you much time to think that josh is the psycho like they kind of like it's well, like I a mean, five minute yeah. thing josh is bad okay let's find him and ask him yeah it's yeah. like wait no as they just show you the bodies i'm like nah dude that's me from this ship yeah um you know, we're also at this point assuming that both of these ships have accounted the anomaly in their different timelines mm-hmm. and have all been sucked here. Um, that's kind of factors into the ending also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was a little bit frustrated that that's where we went. Um, timelines is something that I like a lot in sci-fi, but I feel like it's becoming more and more and more overplayed. Um, I, I can see that. I mean, to me, in this game, it's just like, to what end? Yes. Like, that's that's something... I want you to keep that in mind. Right. Because that's my question at the end of this. <laughs> this is what, understand, at this point, I'm still not enjoying playing this game necessarily, but I'm still interested enough to continue. Yeah. Um, I don't mind the gameplay at this point. I, I, yeah. I'm, it's a chore to me. Okay. Uh, 
that's that's fair. I mean, I enjoy it, but I enjoy some of these like more adventure puzzle games in yeah. a way. So that just might be my personal taste. The game still has enough mystery in it that makes me want to play it. So yeah, the narrative is the main driving force. Though. Um, as you are progressing along, you're you're jumping back to the station with Jim. When you are at the station, Jim surprisingly to no one betrays Emma. Straight well, up cracks so or well, she is dam- her helmet is damaged in transport yeah. between the two, and he does absolutely nothing. Yeah, he does to nothing to help, to help even though he's arms reach away. Yeah. <laughs> also, back to nerdness. Once that crack hits that helmet, That's you're done. done. Dude. Yep, your you're brain done. Is done. There ain't nothing. There's <laughs> not, no. You will not be suffocating in that. No, situation. you're literally decompressed out that little bitty hole. Right. Like it's a yeah, it's a nasty like. No one, no one that we know of has ever died that way, but I'm sure the Soviets back in the, they probably had a couple people die that way. They didn't care at all in their yeah. space program. It just goes back to that whole thing where, like, the most comical thought of, like, Star Wars and stuff like that is, like, you know, your danger is not, like, getting shot in space. It's, like, somebody coming up and pricking your suit with well, a like, needle. I, wa- I watched a, um, a, a documentary one time on, like, how warfare would copy you know take place in space in reality it's not through guns yeah it's literally through like almost like a propulsion spear (laughs) and you don't even need a a blade necessarily you need enough force of air to pop the suit and once that suit goes you're done yeah have have you guys seen that netflix show space force i was just about because they they do a training exercise like a mock (laughs) battle where they're running around with scissors trying to cut it like scissors and then their actual you know war game is they have bb guns with a bayonet on the end of them they have to like clean out their pistol after each shot like it's the freaking american like glocks glocks walk in space yeah but they still wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a viable weapon. Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you'd be more, a little air pistol that just puffs enough air to break <laughs> a hole. That's all you really need. Right. Um, but, you know, this is a game. Sure. Uh, so once you're back inside, Jim instantly has no use for you. Uh, <laughs> he shuts you down. And literally stuffs you in a closet. Yeah, and then there's a cool moment <laughs> where you basically re- <laughs> reboot, yeah, you basically reboot yourself. Yeah. Um, trying to find a way back into the system. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, you're finding spheres that are not connected to the mainframe. Right. During this bit, did any of us, because he does the protocol thing where you say, do not trust him, did anyone of us hit accept on that or do we reject him? Because I, like, yeah, so I did him. reject every single yeah, one. Yeah, I rejected. Um, I rejected. That's one thing I want to see if anybody, what happens when you accept it. I imagine it's something similar where he accepts you and then immediately shuts you down. Yeah, I think but, he's, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, at this point, I was like, screw this guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was like, no. As you are, your phone stays locked. You killed my Emma. Yeah, you (laughs) killed my Emma Emma. and the other Emma. Yeah, all the other Emma's be damned, but my Emma. This is my Emma. Um, You are as a uh, the sphere. You're basically sneaking around the station. If you get caught, do any of you get caught? So yes, I got caught. Okay, I got caught. That's where my playthrough went wrong. I want to say so. At this point, pull back the curtain. My save data was lost. Uh, through some means. Um, the last thing that did happen is I'm flying through the thing. You see him float by, which is like one of those cool, like, all crap moments. Yeah. Um, he, in my playthrough, he gets on the comms almost immediately, um, which, you know, I didn't go back and replay this game because I was about, you know, an hour away from the end. Mm-hmm. But that's supposed to happen when you boot up the second time. So I wonder if you had a, like a 
maybe a sequence break. Sure, but you know, huh. I got to that point. I'm just like, this is one of those things where it's almost antithetical to your aims as the player. Uh, yeah, you don't want to get caught. So yeah, the I game, did. the, ga- the <laughs> game lets you get caught. I think I got caught like three times. I want to say, oh, I got, I only got caught once. I'm That's mad. interesting. I got called three huh. times. Maybe there is variation yeah. into some of these parts of the game. But he does get on comms, and mm-hmm. he is using some fancy communication technology that Emma did not know that he had. Yeah, I think you're supposed to get caught once because the second, because the first time I got caught, that's where I find the uh, sphere. I believe that's where I find the sphere upgrade for the module to where you can uh, propulse yourself. Because I think you just. The that first time you're not locked in the closet. I think the first time I could be wrong is where you you take the pod, and then when he sees you take the pod, he's like, "Oh no, you're in a pod." And then he locks you up in a so which access closet. point did you start with? I started inside the locker. That's where I started. Which uh, node did you pick? So oh, you scrape the access right. point. There's one that's far to the left, far did, to the right. I and did the top. Oh, maybe right. there's a certain because I did the one going left first and then I did the one going right. Maybe you only get caught by picking the wrong one. So maybe I got the right one the second time. Did you start in the closet? No. So I picked the left module first and was caught. I got started in the closet with the upgraded sphere. That's what I did. Yeah, so... I I got the upgraded sphere, I think, my second time. I believe I did the top right-hand corner. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah. Um, Jim gets gets on comms with Houston. Mm -hmm. Uh... Houston is aware of his mission. Houston is also does not seem like they were in support of any of his other actions. Right. And they, Houston, they put him on hold all the time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so that's elaborated on if you go to the second point where like when Jim is on hold, mm-hmm. they're talking to yeah. They yeah. go to well, it's Jim has made some uh some decisions on how he perceived the mission. Uh-huh. That Houston does not seem like they were in support of because mm-hmm. there's a lot of like, yeah, Jim, we'll be right back with you. Sam, what the heck is going on? <laughs> um, yeah. and like, the, no, don't talk to Sam. You can talk to me. Please, yeah, please well, stand by. As you gain back access, you get into the mainframe of the, the system. Sam is in communication with Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, Houston realizes Jim, where was Emma? Because Houston received her initial message. Right. So Houston is going behind Jim's back, being like, "Okay, Sam, I need you to do this. We're going to access this." Sam, they're taking safety protocols offline. Yeah, for giving him Sam. more uh, the, um, control. It feels good going above Jim's head. Yes, especially since he's like, "Oh, sorry, my Sam's offline. How'd that happen?" And, and you go, "I'm here." And they go, "Oh." <laughs> well, my favorite thing is to like show us Sam. I mean, so show us Jim. Yeah. And you show them that those two Jims. Uh-huh. And Houston is as confused by that as you are. Yeah. But my favorite thing is they don't do the freak out thing where Houston's like, what the heck happened? Like, he's like, okay, this is a problem, but let's go ahead and we're going to – like, Houston – It's you being on the email chain with your boss and the CEO of the company is on the email chain. Well, it's a blind copy. <laughs> you ever blind copy somebody yes, on it? Exactly. It's a blind copy right. where two people know what's going on and then somebody <laughs> doesn't. This is a blind copy kind of situation where Jim's like, wait, no one's talking. Because <laughs> we're talking about you, Jim. Um, but you receive override codes to give you basically control of the station. Mm-hmm. They're going to pull Jim's basically credentials and they're going to give Sam override codes. Right. Um, so you take control of the station. Um, this is also the point in which Sam decides. You, Sam gets a message that says, "Kill him." Yeah. 
you Which play is, Simon again, and then you get your message. <laughs> and so Sam decompressurizes the cow, uh, the cab, which is a pretty cool scene because the lights go out and you shut the doors. Yeah, <laughs> oh, he knows what's going on. Oh yeah, because he He's starts. Like, Come on, man. <laughs> but like, yeah, it's that slow progression of door number one, lock that. Did you lock the doors? Yes. I locked each one, too. Is this the part where the um, mainframe starts going crazy looking like it was like Venom from Spider-Man 3? Yes. Like, is that where it, like, no, no, yeah, that's, I don't think that, that's no, after. That's, no, that's what happens. So yes. Like the lights go out, then the lights, lights come back, back on, and it's just it's covered. covered in that material that you find in the beginning of the game. Yeah, yeah that stuff was cool. Which looks like the Venom symbiote. Yeah. <laughs> you as Sam decompressurize the entire cabin. Mm-hmm. This is also where Emma contacts you very calm. Mm-hmm. Obviously alive. Right. And says, Sam, I need you to come get me. Yeah. Um, this is the portion I had to do a walkthrough. Because when you come out of the mainframe, you come past Jim. Mm-hmm. And it's not hard, easy to get by Jim. Like yeah. His body's sort of blocking the whole. the whole. And, like, it doesn't really – but he blocks it in a way that makes you think as a player, I'm not allowed way. to go yeah. this way, but there's no other way to go. Yeah. Um, and then as you go around the station, you have access to almost the entire station. And it's very, very hard to know with – direction to go i like and this really this really put a bad taste in my mouth because i drifted for like 30 minutes looking for freaking emma yeah, yeah and she won't was... like sam i'm in this door once i got to the eas's it wasn't bad because you have to make your way back to eas 11 but when you go out of it uh the map says oh this is how you get to eas 3 from the um uh, central hub and you have like a left and a right but so I kept going right, and I just could not find my way around. So I was stuck between these two modules for a long time until I eventually found like the correct hole to go in to make me go to the EAS thing. So this was this was a fresh. This was probably the most frustrating part of the game for me, getting back to it. But when I did the walkthrough just to look at this one portion, I just wanted to find where I needed to go. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to restart my checkpoint to start at the beginning mm-hmm. to do it yeah um the comments on the youtube video were literally like this is where i stopped playing this game. <laughs> <laughs> like there was a lot of comments where and a lot of frustration about that like that aspect of the game yeah where and apparently this game is playable in br really um hmm. maybe i'm incorrect but there were several people who talked about playing it in vr or something That's crazy. i don't know but a lot of people on those comments just being like this is where i stopped playing this game because it gives you zero direction and all it's not like only the doors you need to go through are open all the doors are open yeah Mm. and so it's very frustrating as a a player to be like okay she's saying come get me where even if you just gave me the hub at this point i kind of know the station say i'm in blah 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 hub and i can go get you but yeah i use the walkthrough just to find her um you bring emma back in emma is obviously touched by the cosmic she doesn't yes. sound natural, like it's no, very it's, off-putting. She's obviously survived the vacuum of space for a long time. Yeah. Um, she There's a storm that's been on Saturn. She states that you have to, to go to the storm. Mm-hmm. Um, to do so, you are sending a message back to Earth, and then you're also firing your, your propulsion engines to line yourself up with the center of the storm, which is a pretty cool puzzle. Yeah. Because it kind of walks in how you would do it. You know, you're firing certain engines for a certain barn time. If anybody's ever seen the movie, what, Apollo 8? Apollo 13? 
13, I think. I think yeah, Apollo 8 is a horror movie. That's how you're wrong. <laughs> no, Apollo 13, I think. But Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Gotcha. Um, it's about the Apollo, the final Apollo mission. Um, there's a lot of talk about burn lengths in that and how, you know, how that propulsion works. Mm-hmm. Um, long story short, you still can't quite hit the the center of the storm, so you're going to de-clamp um, all the other branches of the station. Mm-hmm. Only the central hub Just the central hub it. is going to go in. It was obviously out of it. You proceed to do a puzzle in which you just de- de-clamp mm-hmm. all the station. Um, central hub goes in, and you crash on Saturn. Uh, I meant to refresh my memory on Saturn, uh, but I believe Saturn's atmosphere is not oxygenated. No, it's like oxygen. It's a gas giant. Yeah, I'm about to say I don't even know if it actually has. It doesn't ground. I believe it doesn't have ground. I, I believe it case. doesn't. Yeah. Oh so, what like? Like, there's a short story. <laughs> there's a short story we read in like middle school where it's a bunch of people living on Neptune, and I'm like, Neptune's a gas giant. How you can't live on Neptune? Yeah, and like, I mean, I I know these are like it's a video game, man. But this game tries to do so much like hard science. True. That it irritates me when they just like throw it out the window. It's all. It's like I don't expect. Have you ever been there, bro? No, bro, I haven't. I'm just asking questions. Yeah, okay. Just ask those questions. Somebody is going to send me an email. This is where we're going to get an email about like allow me to explain space. I told you at the beginning of this podcast, I am no scientist. But I think it's supposed to be jarring in a way because like when you see Saturn's surface is like very rocky and everything but at the same time is this really Saturn because when we go in the storm we don't actually know what's on the other side of the storm okay that's true. so it could not that's be true. Saturn because then after like the the bit that you're we're leading up to you see trees and everything I think there's like is well, there civilization there too I think well, it's, 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 something it's, it's, it's yeah so no that's at the yeah, very, that's at the end, end. But end, that but. okay, I took that differently because for Me this, you, when you arrive, um, Emma and Sam are jettisoned from the the station. They're on the ground of the planet. Yeah, they crash mm-hmm. out. They're out of the um, the station. Your Emma is carrying you in a sphere, mm-hmm. and you're moving towards um, you're where she's. You're feeling the presence of this entity. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where you're noticing other crashed forms of the stations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you find a dead Emma. So, like, other timelines that things didn't go the way they were supposed to. Yeah. Um, when you get to the center of the entity, you play another game of Light Bright. Mm-hmm. Um, you see, like, as you're solving some of those, the Simon puzzles, like, you see, when it flashes, you see more and more silhouettes that's, of uh, yeah, uh, Emma and cool Sam, like, creeping up. And, and as you're doing more, like, more and more are coming. So it's like, that. that's such a cool image. Yeah, cool. And at the final moment, everything goes black. You float up. You float up. Yeah, Emma floats up like she's the chosen one. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then you arrive on what I take to be Earth. That's what I thought. Sam, I don't think so. We'll, we'll me, discuss yeah, my theory. Once, let me get yeah. to the end. Then I, w- okay. I don't want to cut you off. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. We're right there at the end. Sam and Emma are now a hybrid. Like mm-hmm. the voices are both combined in mm-hmm. the same head. You see that you're viewing things through Emma's body because yeah. you can see her hands. Uh, you're on what I believe to be Earth. I don't know. You touch a tree. Everything starts, the venom stuff starts to take over the environment, and then it says bring them. 
and then it cuts to credits. Yep. And mm-hmm. then I yelled a bunch of expletives and scared <laughs> my poor... My wife was sitting to the side watching her little stuff on her tablet and was just very confused on my angle because... Go ahead, because I'm on a I'm on a rant when I start. Thoughts, Mike. But on the overall ending, like it feels like my takeaway is that the uh, hexagonal sphere is leading Emma's, and like Sam and Emma are merged at the end, and that's where you get the note "bring them." So I think "bring them" is start bringing more and more people to this location. I think whatever is here is harvesting people to grow more and more powerful. And uh, I think that the place you're in is kind of like inside, like the hexagon. Like it's not real. I think it's like some type of like matrix, alternate universe, like utopia thing that this thing is like bringing people into to like perceive their life. Uh, it reminds me. This is very bizarre that I'm going to this place, but. Uh, the Futurama movie where they go to the like giant god thing on the galaxy and they're just like, oh, you can live here and it's all fine. Do, do any of you know what I'm talking about? I didn't even know there was a Futurama movie. There are multiple. Yeah, like, wow. yeah. They're great. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know about, what you're talking I about. Think, I think that was a thing I thought of when I thought about this ending in a way. Okay. I, okay. Yeah. So, okay. Thoughts, Nick? This is where I don't the true depth of my misunderstanding is going to come forth here. Uh, there's like two throwaway voice logs that you get on your last observation, whichever one you go to last before this happens, that bring up Elsa, um, which is one of the other crew members that you pretty much don't hear from or about in the entire game, and Stan is love. Mm-hmm. And apparently she is... There is a part of some kind of climate control, climate change yeah, committee. She's, she's a part of the, um, the. She's particularly sending information back to the Beijing Climate Conference, okay. and she talks about she will be more happy to conference to, in. Yeah, which and like it's not freaking for people, which is not freaking easy from space. <laughs> like she's like, I'll be your translator. They yeah, can find like a closer trans bro. Like quantum. Anyways, uh, go ahead. Uh, so I don't. Is this supposed to be something about climate change? <laughs> <laughs> is, this is. I've always been the dude that got ninety percent of the way there. <laughs> no. May I? May I take control of the? the Feel free. All right. Here's my feelings on this, and maybe I'm missing something. Mm-hmm. I feel like, Michael. I admire you. Have a great imagination, and you filled in. I think what you made a better story out of. Like, in your mind, you're like, this is what I hope and think it is. I don't quite get some of the jumps you made, mm-hmm. but I appreciate the fact that you actually kind of made a reason for it, mm-hmm. a purpose. Yeah. I feel like this game just kind of throws out a whole bunch of science-y, science fiction stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so what you think about that? <laughs> I'm going to turn it around. This game <laughs> is, is the shopkeeper. Exactly. <laughs> right when I, 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 there's a note somewhere that talks about that. It doesn't want to tell you anything because then it has to make a decision as a story what it's mm. about mm-hmm. is it transhuman transhuman um 
you know, is the message behind it. Like, Sam and Emma now being linked and like, are they a completely different entity now? Is it about this God genome that is out there in the universe that is somehow linked to Emma? Is it about climate of, of the effects on, you know, climate? Because it is thrown out there at the end. They make several voice logs about that. Yeah. Is it about, uh, is it this cosmic horror where it's this monster that's in the the universe that is unperceivable to us, which one of my least favorite things in the history of science fiction is this, <laughs> like, well, it's unperceivable to you. Okay. And it is beyond your well, understanding. It's, be, it's beyond my understanding. So was Cthulhu. If you read, like, <laughs> like, if you read the original, like, Lovecraft, which, don't you, there's some problematic, there's some problematic yeah. stuff in there. But if you read it, like, Cthulhu is supposed to be this thing you can't comprehend. But he also built out what freaking Cthulhu is about a little bit. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of walk that lays down something. So as a reader, you have an understanding that the character might not necessarily have. Mm-hmm. This is a situation where I feel like things are left vague just so you can sit there and be like, well, what is it? Mm-hmm. But it gives you zero to grasp onto. It gives okay. you zero to be like, I understand not. You know, okay, Alan Wake didn't explain everything. Sure. But I knew the basics of how it affected the Warren in some way. Mm-hmm. I felt a satisfied ending. Mm-hmm. In this, I played for seven hours because of all the time I spent lost because it wasn't a diagonal waypoint. Um, and at the end, it's just like, bring them. So what I'm getting is, you also didn't understand this game, but it made you angry. <laughs> I didn't understand it, because not because I felt like I missed something. I felt like I didn't understand it, and I feel like there wasn't anything to really understand. Like, no one wrote an ending to this diagonal game. Uh-huh. I, I understand that, but I also feel like um, you're... If you... Uh, play this game you're probably going to go off on uh two ways either you're going to like the ending or you're going to absolutely hate this ending i fall on more on the liking side because uh, it just depends on your view of ambiguity do you want everything to nice right wrap up in a nice little bow i like i do like stories that you have to like kind of piece together and i think the point of this ending is that you kind of make it your own in a way i know that you can either go two ways like that's just lazy writing or you can go that's good writing i've more fallen the good writing camp because i think there's enough flavor there for you to like come up to with your own conclusions in a way but i understand absolutely what you're saying too eric with the fact that you're just saying like they just didn't want to write an ending they didn't have an ending in mind so they're just like yeah make it up as you go well i don't know here's my thing I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, I, and I'm going to challenge a little bit mm-hmm. on the not wanting everything. I don't want everything wrapped in a bow. Yeah. I but think. I want I want to feel like you as the writer of the story know what happened. Mm-hmm. And like you've given me enough information that I can grasp. Like in the corner of my mind, I can vaguely understand what happened. So therefore, I know that something is out there. Something was there. This, I felt like you literally got to the... It, okay, I used to write reports in school, right? Mm-hmm. Where I would just write like six pages to hit the ward count mm-hmm. and then end it at the ward count. <laughs> <laughs> so like if I was halfway through a thought at 600 wards, everybody, bam, done. It was that kind of thing where I was like, eh, we have hit the it. Okay, what's this about? <laughs> um, it's about 
is about what you think it's about. And like, I don't yeah. feel like there's enough there to make me feel like I, I, I don't feel like I, oh man, what is the mystery? I was just like, you don't know what the mystery is either, <laughs> do you? Like, I, I, I absolutely understand that. I feel like it's just going to come up to your point of view if you like yeah. ambiguity or not. Like, if you absolutely, I mean, every story has some ambiguity. In Lesher Metal Gear Solid 4. Bring that up again. <laughs> but, yeah. So, okay. you... Um, so, my last sleeper vibe check for this game is... Has any of you guys seen the movie Annihilation? Yes. Natalie Portman? Yes. How did you feel about that movie? It's okay. Okay. So, <laughs> no, but the like... way that I feel about this game is that there's like a clear atmosphere and it's, it's really good at invoking emotion, but by the end of the... The movie, like I walked out of the theater, I saw that in theaters on somebody's recommendation, and I was just like, the only impression that it left me with is just like, oh, so like, it's been two hours. Like, there's no <laughs> lasting the thing, thoughts. It's just like, okay. It, well. It's Annihilation, I feel like somewhere at the script, at the bottom of the script, there's like a, a, you know, a little note that explains, as the writer's point of view, the full extent of what happened. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there was enough there that I understand that it wasn't it was ambiguous. You know, it wasn't mm. completely clear. Right. I don't think that note was at the bottom of this script. <laughs> and if it was, they did not show enough to make me feel like. And I get you're 100 percent right, Michael. Yeah. It, it boils down to personal t- personal taste and how much you can tolerate. Mm-hmm. For me, not enough was shown to let you get away with the trope of not explaining it. There's a breaking point for everybody yeah. when it comes to ambiguity. Like, you know, it just, I feel like you were so vague that it's, I, I, the word that's popping in my head is going to get me, I'm going to have to beep again. It's not, it, it's, it's masturbatory. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you just said that. I know, that's I know. Really, right. Why would you that's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> I, 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 I heard anything like that come but out of your mouth. It, I know. <laughs> it's masturbatory writing. Whereas, like, and what do you think about it? And I was like, screw you, man. <laughs> like, you, like, it just feels so, it, it feels like sci-fi, right? It's just, it feels like it's a cheap way out. And it really, really bummed me out. Mm-hmm. Especially with a game that the moment-to-moment gameplay of it wasn't fun enough for me to be like, well, at least I enjoyed the ride. I was like, I was sticking in this for this story, and I felt like you got to the final chapter. It's like the equivalent of reading like Fahrenheit 451, which is a, 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 like a very classic science fiction story, and just ripping out the last chapter of it and be like, and there you go. <laughs> <laughs> he discovers that burning books is not that bad. He should probably read the books. Okay, and? <laughs> what, what does that affect him? How does that change him as a character? How does that affect the world around him? You know. figure it out. You tell it's me. It's like you ripped out that yeah. last chapter okay, of the book. That's, that's fair. That's what it feels like. I feel like I'm missing six pages. And, uh, yeah, I, and I'm, not, I'm not criticizing anybody who enjoys this game. This game does a lot of things that are right. Mm-hmm. But I just, yeah, man. I personally didn't feel like this. The, the gameplay was as mundane. You know, it was still enjoyable to me. So going around the horn, kind of my vibes is that Michael enjoyed it the most. I think that's yeah. I think Nick is second, and, and you hated one. it. You I didn't. I, I, you're, I did. I did. You seem mixed on it. Like you like <laughs> a lot of the stuff in here, but it's just that you're you yeah. seem very split on I'm it. Very, I'm very split on it. Um, I'm glad it exists. I think it's it's worth playing. Um, Absolutely, yeah. But 
man, man, did it drop some balls for me. I understand why why someone would play this game and go, oh, I hated every single second of it. And I understand the opposite where someone goes, oh, I love this game. I love the atmosphere. I got every collectible. That's awesome. This seems like a game where, like, there's no defi- there's no definitive right or wrong with any game. But I feel like this the net is very wide for this one. For the sake of the show, I'm glad we played it. Because, you know, Alan Wake, we were all three like, this is a pretty great game. Yeah. And, like, this is a game that... There's still warrant in conversation and experiencing art that does not necessarily directly appeal to you. Mm-hmm. You know, in all things, watching films that are not necessarily right up your alley or reading a book that's not necessarily right up your alley and you love every minute of it because you can still find things that you enjoy or they still teach you. For me, like I said, it just did not. It, it just didn't, it didn't provide the last six pages. I feel like you're uh, doing a really great segue for the next game that we're going to play. Oh, man. <laughs> yes. You want to talk about masturbatory. It's <laughs> all. <laughs> Let me tell you about Hideo Kojima. Michael, are you saying that maybe we should play a Hideo Kojima game? I think we should play a Hideo I had Kojima write, game. I had written down Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers for the PlayStation 2 as our next game. But now, after all this talk about masturbatory... <laughs> Over taking yourself way too seriously, bull crap. <laughs> Settled on Gears of War two. <laughs> well, <laughs> Let, how y'all feel about playing Metal Gear Solid three? What a thrill that would be! What, what a thrill a indeed. <laughs> um, why Metal Gear Solid three? You say? I do say. Uh, that. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Um, because technically, in the story of Metal Gear, 3 is the first one in the timeline. Yeah, that's including all of the side games and all of the, like, the card expanded, games. The card games, all the expanded material, 3 is the first in the timeline. Uh, Metal Gear Which, Solid. Uh, from what I understand, very easy to follow. That's yes. <laughs> very very easy to follow. You want to talk about masturbatory? That should be the the title of this. In this episode, oh, no. the boys talk about it. <laughs> um, but man, Metal Gear Solid Three. Metal Gear Solid Regarda, Three. If you know vagueness, this is going to be proof that I don't dislike a little bit of like weird vagueness. But um, Metal Gear Solid Three was originally released on the PlayStation Two. Yes. Um, my finest memory of this game is it came out around the time of Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Halo Two, Metroid Prime. Some of the best games of all time came out at the tail end of the that generation, yeah. the PS Two generation. There was a EGM issue that I, I, I was a religious EGM reader, mm-hmm. and there was an EGM issue that had a, in its review section of the magazine, which EGM used to be like a freaking book every month like it was just huge magazine but the back section the reviews section was four pages for each one of those games like they had three different reviewers on each one of those games it was just like bam 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 mm-hmm. all in the same if issue and everybody had the same things to say about each game like it was like you know like it was really unnecessary to have all three voices but <laughs> mm-hmm. they had three voices um for halo 2 uh san andreas Metal Gear solid 3 and then metroid prime I think it was the first Metroid Prime too. Mm-hmm. If it's not, yeah, it was the first one. And uh, I remember just like reading over because I didn't have the money to play all those games. I think the only one I played when it came out was probably Halo Two. And um, 
reading about it as a comparable experience. Yeah, yeah, same thing. Same thing in this interactive media. But I remember being like a kid reading about it and um, think it looked like freaking amazing and having no understanding of it. But uh, Metal Gear Solid, I know I have some experience with this franchise. Michael has some experience. Absolutely. Nick's getting... I have no not experience. played a single Metal Gear game. This is going to be fun. Or Metal Gear Solid, or Metal Gear 2, Acid. 3, yeah, whatever <laughs> yeah. those are. Oh, man. Yeah, All Metal- the subtitles. Man, Metal Gear Peace Walker had a thing where you could walk around with the game and like find like hot spots and stuff. and mm-hmm. that, was, like, that actually seems more my bag. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but uh, no, I think you're really going to enjoy this game. I, hope so. mm-hmm. I think you are. If not, you're going to enjoy talking about it. Sure. Um, Buckle up, boys yes. and girls. This is going to be a four-part... I think we agreed on a four-part series. Yeah, I we I found a way to like kind of break it down. So with no spoilers, we're going to be playing for the first section up to the second boss fight. Uh, it, would it be a spoiler to say which boss that is? Uh, no, it's called The Pain. The Pain. So we're going to finish that second boss fight. S- second boss fight, uh, any of the cutscenes that follow... And boss the, fight. Get and ready, boys and girls. <laughs> hang on for the cutscenes, because there was. I know, in the beginning of three, there was at least a ten to fifteen minute cutscene. That sounds so about right. Like two or three hours worth of gameplay, and then like seven or eight. Not. It's not <laughs> no, no, no. It's not that bad. It's not that bad at all. Like we, it's. We are going to break it up for sure. For that's why we're doing a longer set because. This there's is, a lot to talk there's about. There's a lot to talk about here. Um, I don't foresee us having any issues having conversations about this game. So remember, if you're playing along with this, you can play this on there's the Metal Gear Collection that was released on the 360. Um, I believe the PlayStation 3 that is also backwards compatible, um, which has Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3 on it, right? Yes. Um, that is also the Metal Gear Collection is on Game Pass right now. Um, does anybody else have whatever? It is there's there was Snake Eater 3D on the 3DS. It was only Snake Eater, but they re-released that game in 3D with kind of better graphics. But I'm also gonna go ahead and say right now, don't play it like that. Don't play it like that. It was on the Vita, and of course, it's on the PS2. And <laughs> sorry, is this game called uh, Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater? Yes. Snake Eater. That's what this is called. Yes. yes. Okay. What is it? Naked Snake? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we gotta talk about some Naked Snake. Get ready. Um, there's gonna be some stuff in this. We're gonna try to keep this a clean episodes. But that's some Metal Gear stuff that we won't have to talk about. Yes. Um, you can't ignore the naked snake. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's just some Metal Gear stuff. But, uh, boy, I'm excited about this one. Um, it makes Michael giddy every time I, we talk about uh, it. Love uh, Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. I'm excited love to play Metal Gear something Solid. that I have never you know, touched before and that is also somehow like a cultural touchstone for so many people. Like, yeah. This, is mm-hmm. like, this series or, you know... Hideo Kojima games as like a whole are pretty much like there are people that will you know cut blood for those games. Like, <laughs> I feel like this will be one of two things. I will cut blood for every Metal Gear Solid except five, but that's a conversation <laughs> for a different day. I like five. Um, <laughs> I'll say this: I feel like you're going to come out of this game. And you're going to be like, now I'm playing Metal Gear Solid Two. I went and tracked me down a PlayStation Classic to play Metal Gear. Like I downloaded an emulator to play the MSX game. Like I feel like that could happen, <laughs> or you could come out and be like. 
what the why did we waste <laughs> like i feel like it's one of two ways with you so as like somebody who has also never watched a star wars game like this is me watching star wars from the prequels right like i'm starting yes. with the prequels right no mm, no well no because no, three is might be the best i don't it's not my yeah. favorite but it's probably the best made of these whereas games. also we're just gonna go ahead and slap the people that like the prequels in star wars is that what we're saying Yes, okay. uh, those people sure. are wrong. Okay, I just um, wanted to get that on the record. I like the prequels; they're the worst trilogy, but I like the prequels. Okay, <laughs> uh, but like Metal Gear Solid Three of the games is one of the better playing ones. It's one of the better, um, the more interesting of them. I think there's a reason why we picked Three. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, like uh, I feel like. So what you're saying is this is the last Jedi of Metal Gear Solid games. Maybe the Empire Strikes Back. I want to make people mad. Is what I'm. I'm yeah, I'm, you're just you straight up Empire. Everybody stop! This is all going to go bad. <laughs> yeah, this is more Empire. I would say. No, no, stop! Uh, everybody stop! Metal Gear Solid Two is the last Jedi of Metal Gear Solid games. What and is the, fact the that it's very cartoon split. Clone Wars movie? Of, That's like, the Metal Acid Games. Metal Gear Acid. <laughs> Um. Okay, we got stuff. Well, we, yeah, we're everybody forever. Okay, so let's bring it home. Uh, boy, this was a ride. <laughs> uh, this is episode four of State of the Save. Thank you guys for all the um, support that we've been getting. We mm-hmm. just had a, a wonderful amount of support. Uh, do remember, you can write in to stateofsave at gmail.com. We're also going to lock down that state of the save at gmail.com because uh, that should have been done the first time. <laughs> I, I might have made a mistake. We're also going to get a, by the time this goes live, we'll have a, a twiddle at state of save or twiddle.com. Wait, are we, are we committing to state of save or state of the state? Of, state of the save. State, state of, of the, the save. save state of the state.com. Yes. We'll link it in the description, hopefully. We might need to make that like a, a small little thing. That's a big tweet. State of the state. Well, it'll be in the description. Okay, it'll whatever be in the description. it is. Whatever it will it be is. in the description. Um, thank you guys for tolerating this episode. This was fun for us, and I hope you enjoyed it also. Uh, yeah, guys. Mm-hmm. Let's have a good week. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like Let's play some Metal Gear Solid 3. So it okay. is going to be a great week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>